Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the June the 5th edition of the Hughes Sport Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Jake, and alongside with alongside with me is the old man. Old man, how the hell are you doing? Easy for you to say. I'm doing freaking amazing. I, it's a bit of an exciting day, so uh, words are jumbly. Um, this is probably one of the, the most excited, the most excited I've ever been for a podcast. And that is for the gentleman that you have on the phone right now. Let's just introduce him. Get right to the points. Sounds good to me. Do you want me to do the introduction or do you want to do the introduction? No, you can do the introduction. We have the absolute honor of having a CFL living legend. That's what I refer to him as. He has won two Grey Cups. He has six All-Star Awards. He's the only the 14th player to ever record over 10,000 yards in the CFL in his career. Another, none other than Arlen Bruce the third. Buddy, how are you? Oh, man. What an introduction. Boy, I thought I was coming out of the tunnel. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I got, go- I got goosebumps on that one, buddy. <laughs> You're more than welcome. Thank you for taking the time to come on our podcast. You have to understand, um, both Jake and I are diehard, diehard uh, BC Lions fan. Matter of fact, um, 2011, when you won the Grey Cup with the BC Lions, we drove down, we got the family van, we drove down from Calgary to Vancouver in the middle of November to watch the CFL final, the East, the Western final. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was in. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So Jake, why don't you hit him up? Start us off with some some questions for Ireland. Yeah. So so Ireland. Uh, first off, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the 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 show because it's a huge it's a huge honor to have someone of your caliber. Um, on the show, but honestly, you are a true born and bred American. Grew up, uh, I'm assuming, watching the NFL. When your agent or whoever it was who came to you about the CFL, what was that conversation like? How did that conversation go? Yeah, actually, uh, what happened, uh, Warren Moon, everybody knows who Warren Moon is, right? Oh, yeah. So I was in training camp with the Kansas City Chiefs my, my rookie year. And uh, Warren Moon, I asked him about, somebody was talking about the CFL, and Warren Moon used to say, Bruce, every day, because our lockers was right next to each other, because I wore number six, he wore number one. And uh, I came up to him one day, I said, my dad used to watch you all the time in the Canadian Football League. And he, we just started talking about the CFL, and he told me stories about it. And I was, like, excited about the stories he was telling me. Nice. And then I got released from the Kansas City. My agent asked me, hey, would you like to go to Saskatchewan or would you like to go to Winnipeg? And I didn't know anything about Saskatchewan. And he also told me that Winnipeg was near Minnesota where I went to college at. So I said, oh, that's perfect. I would love to go continue playing football. I'll go to Winnipeg. Because <laughs> I didn't know anything about the CFL. This is what Warren Moon told me. Nice. And uh, it worked out. And I, and I remember I slept. At Canada Stadium one night when I first got to to this to the field because it kind of reminded me of uh, my junior college. I played junior college at Hutchinson Community College, and the stadiums were similar for Scott, Coffeyville, Dodge City, Butler, all these junior college schools. The stadium reminded me of that. Nice. So I said, "This is where I'm taking my career," you know. And <laughs> I talked to Warren Moon and my agent James Bach. <laughs> Nice. Now, you... lead... Sorry to cut you off on that. That actually um, cuts in. I um, reached out to lovely members of the CFL Reddit to ask some questions. And someone asked, um, what was it like to be a wide receiver in a room with Milt Stiegel, Giroy Simon, and yourself? Oh, my God. Like That is a all-star <laughs> cast of receivers. Well, you know what? When I was in Winnipeg, Milt Stiegel and uh, was D. Roy Simon wasn't there in 2001 when I was with Winnipeg. It was Miss Stiegel and uh, Jamie Stoddard, uh, Bobby Gordon, Marcus Howe, 
<laughs> Antonio Brown, not the Antonio Brown from the Steelers, but uh, <laughs> you know Jeff Jove or guys like that. You know, um, so I learned from Bill how to play the game. Bill and a few Jamie Stoddard, those guys taught me how to do the waggle. You know, and uh, <laughs> La Police, uh, Coach Gibson, Dave Ritchie, nice. Griggs, Jerron Bolden, um, Doug Brown, the list goes on. If you look at our roster in 2001, I felt like I was still with the Kansas City Chiefs coming to Winnipeg because of the caliber of players and the coaching staff that we had in Winnipeg. I felt like I was at home. The only thing changed was the salary. But I was like, man, I could live up here. You know? But of course, our dreams are always to make it in the NBA or the NFL. Well, of so course. That was my dream, of course. Uh, but I was just happy to have the opportunity to play football. And uh, Canada and Winnipeg welcomed me with open arms, man, and they accepted me, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't turn it down. Mm-hmm. I love Canada to this day. Well, obviously, you. Um, when did you retire? What year did you retire? Well, I haven't officially retired, but my last year playing was with Montreal in 2014, 13. So it's been like, te- it's been a decade and you're still hanging around Canada. You're in Vancouver now, aren't you? Currently in Vancouver, yes, sir. Very cool. That's my hometown. Gotta like it. Yeah. So, yeah, I have my citizenship here. Hopefully, you know, they just had their strike, so everything got backlogged. And, uh, yeah, I'm working to become a citizen, a citizen of Canada. That is... you know, I'm really excited about what I learned in the last couple of years, and that's the seven, eight NHL teams. I've really been paying attention to hockey. Nice. Uh, you know, watching the Rod Peterson show, that's really kept me up to speed because when the hockey starts growing in America, like in Atlanta and, you know, urban areas, there's going to be something to talk about in the next 10, 15 years. Oh, for so, sure. So I'm excited about all these sports that's going on, especially with the Rob Peterson show. That's how I met you, and definitely. hopefully we continue our relationship. Well, definitely. Now, we got to ask, who's your, what's your favorite hockey team? My favorite hockey team? I don't have a favorite hockey team, but, you know, I was living in Edmonton a couple of years ago after the pandemic, and I was working at the Canadian Brewer House doing security and uh, being a host, and... Uh, for some reason, I just started liking the Edmonton Oilers. You know, I started following them. Nice. You know, that series with the Calgary Flames are just exciting. That I was working, and people were getting drunk and giving me extra tips. So it was even great. So that was fun part about it. But uh, I don't have a favorite team. I, I enjoy, I really enjoy all the games because I'm still learning the game. So I'm excited to see all seven teams. There's seven teams, correct? Seven teams. In the yeah. Canadian teams. Canadian teams, correct. I think yeah, that's I, right. I've never really yes, that's correct. Right. And uh, in America, as far as hockey. Yeah. I went to a hockey college, though, a hockey and wrestling school in Minnesota. What, what, what school did you go to in Minnesota? University of Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. And you... I went to school with uh, Brock Lesnar. I was just going to say, I was about to ask you that because I know uh, University of Minnesota is where Brock Lesnar's from, and I was going to bring it up. Yeah, I seen Brock Lesnar one time when I was coming from Winnipeg one year, my first year. I said, Brock, what's up, man? Because I remember he came out for football, and the pads were too small for him. He couldn't fit none of the pads. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big man. Yeah, he's a big man now. No, no doubt. So how many years did you play in Winnipeg? I played two seasons in Winnipeg. 2001, we went to the Grey Cup. Kahari Jones was MVP that year. He had a phenomenal year. I remember it. 2002, Mel Stiegel won MVP. And we went to the playoffs, and both of our star players got hurt. Mel and Charles both got hurt. All right. Triple team, and we had a terrible game. <laughs> we had a terrible game. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough. We couldn't do anything. Will was out. Charles was out. Blink. Oh, man. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, in Winnipeg, right across at the old arena, right ac- or the old stadium, right across the street was the Canad Inn. Yeah. Do you remember the bar at the Canad Inn? Tijuana. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Tijuana because my family drove up for a game from Kansas City. I think it was 12 hours. And I said, when y'all get here, we're going to Tijuana. He said, man, I'm not driving to Tijuana. Club up here called Tijuana. <laughs> we're getting on a bus. We're going to Tijuana. <laughs> we get to Tijuana. That was uh, that's you can you can you can lose your career being in Tijuana. No, <laughs> <laughs> Tijuana every day. You can lose your career and get caught up in the in the, uh, the limelight and the you know outside of football in Canada. Yeah, that's no doubt. D- Especially in a town like Winnipeg or uh, where else did you play? I know you played in BC, you played in Winnipeg. Toronto, Hamilton, Montreal. Right. Very cool. Very cool. Now Jake had some questions about training camp. Yeah. So talking about it a couple weeks ago with the, uh, the surprise cut of Sean Lemon that, how do you, as a veteran coming into training camp, how different is that from a rookie training camp or as you're, as you're getting older and you know, you're aging out, how much harder is it to get up for those training camp days? Yeah. As a a rookie, you know, you coming in, you have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself. Even if you had a thousand touchdowns in college and you come pro, you have to prove yourself that, Hey, can you play at this level and do the same thing? And I think that's the, that's the competitiveness, competitiveness that you have when you come in as a rookie. Now, when you're a veteran coming in, you know, I've seen so many veterans come in, like, in helicopters and G5s and limos and <laughs> come to practice, you know, when I was with T.O. He came and you didn't know what T.O. was going to do when I was in San Fran. You know, where Andre Rising was going to do when I was in Kansas City. So I experienced these so-called prima donna receivers that I played with, they kind of rubbed off on me. And uh, as a veteran, you want to kind of set the bar. I know I wanted to set the bar. Like, if any rookie comes in or any free agent comes in, I want to be able to say, hey, this is how you practice. This is how you play. This is how you work in the classroom. You know, I want to be a leader without talking so much. Just lead by example. Nice. That, that was my mentality coming in. It wasn't about, yeah, I did this last year. Yeah, you can't. No, we're going to do it more. I never had that mentality. It was about getting the guys on board and, and reminding them why they're here, and that's to win a championship or put yourself in a position to make the playoffs or better yourself or make the team better. That was my mentality as a veteran. As a rookie, I was just, I think I was, I was worried about Trying to be a Hall of Famer my first year. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> Go ahead, Jake. Um, I actually have a question here from uh, someone on Facebook because I put out the question because it's not every day that someone can ask questions to a pro athlete. Um, yeah. Brandon Ulrich asks, um, who did you dislike playing against in, in context because of how good they were. A defensive back that every time you saw, you just hated to see, or a linebacker, something like that. Oh, yeah. Now, when I was a rookie with the Kansas City Chiefs, when we had one-on-one drills, there was one guy that I just did never want to go against. And I'm not a scared person. I'm not scared of anybody. But when it came to fundamentals and craft, James Hasty was the most physical cornerback DB veteran that I've ever faced in my life. He's the strongest DB I ever faced. You know who Jay Macy is, right? He's probably like 15 years older than me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, old school DB veteran. <laughs> old school, probably didn't wear a mouthpiece, probably, you know, just rough. <laughs> you know, that's one guy so awesome. He set me my whole life to prepare for any DB that was going to and the only guy that I can say that was close to that was uh, Chip Cox. Oh, yeah. Okay. Me, grimy, get-in-your-face type of player. And I hated playing against him. And I always had to bring my A-plus game playing against him. And I loved it every time we played Montreal. That's why I hated playing against Montreal. But I loved it at the same time. Yes. You love it when they they make you raise yourself to that A-plus game, right? That's right. 
Yes, yes. Now, did you have a, I know you can say it now because you're not playing. Who is your favorite quarterback? Who did you think was the best throwing the ball to you? Okay, I can put them in, I can put them in my top three or top four. Yeah. So, uh, a, a guy that didn't get that much recognition who should have because he had trouble reading defenses is uh, Michael Bishop. Oh, really? Michael Bishop would have been a phenomenal quarterback if he knew how to read defenses. He had an arm on him. Because he came in for David Allen when David Allen got hurt. He came in for Kerry Joseph when Kerry Joseph got hurt when I was with the Argonauts. Yep. And uh, that's one of the quarterbacks. I wouldn't put him at number one. He's in the top three or four. Okay. David Allen is my all-time favorite quarterback. Really? I mean, he was just so – he was like a running back playing quarterback, but he had a received mentality of a receiver, so he had all the attributes of a complete football player, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I had my best great years with, with Damon Allen. And uh, of course, uh, uh, Kahari Jones. Kahari Jones, I remember being a rookie in a week before camp. I went to the Canadian's hotel and went to his room and I asked him, I took my notebook in there and I said, I'm Arlen Bruce. I just want to learn the route tree. Can you tell me what I need to learn and how to run, run this offense? And ever since then, we gained chemistry and, uh, I wasn't like Milt, but uh, I almost became his, his number one receiver when things got tight. So Kahari Jones, Damon Allen, Michael Bishop. That's Kevin Glenn is not probably my number five, but there's another quarterback that I really enjoyed that didn't play that long in the CFL, and that's Eric Crouch. Eric Crouch? I don't even remember that name. Yeah, Eric Crouch, the Heisman, former Heisman Trophy winner. Okay. He was with the Toronto Argonauts. I think he came in when, I think we went to quarterback carousel one year. Oh, gotcha. Eric Crouch came in. I was a fan of Nebraska and him anyway. And he was also my quarterback. See, I got an opportunity in Toronto to play with so many first-round draft picks. Well, yeah. Johnny Mitchell, Ricky Williams, uh few other people that came through there and they thought they were going to just cakewalk through the CFL. And I told them guys, y'all think y'all come in here and just put up a thousand yards rushing and 2,000 yards passing and 6,000 yards, whatever. It's, it's not going to happen. Like, these are real players up here. And I, I told a lot of guys that came to, uh, from the NFL to Canada that it's not a cakewalk up here. And a lot of people did because thought it was because, uh, because it was in Canada. Well, yeah, it's it's not the yeah. NFL, right? Yeah, I mean, even when I started doing punt returns with three downs and they give you five yards, I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. This is how football <laughs> should be played. No, what was <laughs> what was the hardest thing? What was the hardest adjustment for you coming up from playing the four down football, coming in with the wider field and the three down, the quicker clock? So what did the family think when the, when you told them that you were moving to Canada to play football? Well, they thought that I was going to just go up there for a little bit and come back. Because when I did go back, you know, because 
because the season goes from June to November. Right. So when I played for Kansas City, I would always go back in November, and I would still have my Kansas City Chiefs pass, so I'd park with the players' park, still go through the tunnel, have my pass, I could still go on the sideline. So they were like, when are you going to come back and be on the team? You know, because you're doing all this in the offseason. But I was training in the offseason when Christmas was over. I had a personal trainer for 10 years. Oh, very cool. I just, love, I just love the environment. I just love the way people show love to you in Canada. And nice. you wasn't getting that love. And, and you know, our preseason games, you suck. You'll never make the team. You know, that's what you hear when you go to the hear They come back next year. We love you, man. Tell us everybody. You know, it's, it's like harsh. You know, it's like really like. Cutthroat, you know what I'm saying? Oh, is so cool. I loved you when you were more when you were on BC more. We talked about this. But you got yourself into a little bit of uh, controversy on some touchdown celebrations that weren't weren't as allowed back then as they are now. Yeah. So what was the first one? Was the first one the uh, Spider-Man? The Spider-Man was one of them. Yeah. One of them. Did you not ask a coach, or did a coach not tell you to do whatever you wanted once you've got across that goal line? Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. <laughs> Damn it, and you still got fined. Still got fined. Still got fined. But uh, I don't know. I guess that was just where the game was. Then I think if he's gone now, you can do whatever you want to. You can go. Go well, build a whole garage in the end zone now. Well, 
They're jumping up into the crowd. They're, they're, I mean, that's what it should be like. You just scored a yeah, damn it's touchdown. Is that you? You're five nine or five ten? Five ten. <laughs> five nine on a bad day. On game day, I'm six three. Nice. That's awesome. Go ahead, Jake. You had a question. Well, yeah, I was going to say, now that, I mean, we t touched on it, it's been 10 years since you uh, laced up the cleats. What have you been up to uh, in the meantime? I mean, you touched on it. You were up in Edmonton for a little bit, but. Oh, let me tell you, man, in 
I'm working with uh, the World Financial Group. I'm working to become a senior marketing director, which is, you know, once I get my license, I'll be able to, you know, educate on finances and and building, uh, you know, financial services for people and insurance and things like that. That's that's my main goal and project that I'm working on now. That is very I, cool. I have a mentor who's out of uh, who's out of Edmonton, who's a former RCMP. So he's my broker and my mentor right now, who's getting me lined up and uh, get me uh, to become a, an agent. And once I become an agent, uh, Mr. Mr. Hughes, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> we gotta take this to another level. Then we then we need to talk. <laughs> so nope. one of my guys that I work with that's in the uh, World Financial Group is Marshall Falk. Me and Marshall Falk talked today. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's one of them. he's also a mentor for me as well. That's that's a good mentor to have. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. We just talk football. We just I just we just talk business and talk about the business and how I can grow it and it's my own business and uh That's the way to do it. Like, so uh, this is like this is like getting ready for another rookie season. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Now I'm gonna take you back. I um I know you said it was tough to talk about, but I'm gonna take you back there anyway. Um, to the um, concussions, was there one specific hit, or was there one incident that you can say this is what had happened, or was it a communal communication, a commutation of a bunch? I think it was a bunch that finally said, "Okay, that's it." You know, if you're getting hit in your stomach five, six, seven times, maybe the tenth one might bring you to your knees. Right hit that I had, it was uh, in Saskatchewan, actually watching the video, I don't remember what happened, but watching the video, it kind of brought me back, because I had the video, I probably watched it over 30 times, uh, so it was a, it was a incident where I went up in the air, and I got an undercut, Oof. and that thing on my head, Nasty. it was for a couple minutes, yeah. Was that the was that the only time you were knocked out on the field? Yeah, I've never been knocked out like that ever. That's ever. scary, because I mean, back in the day, I mean, when you got your bell rung playing football, it was your coach looked at you and said, "Suck it up, get back out there." Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I've never experienced that. I've never been knocked unconscious. I mean, I've had my bell rung where you're like, "Wow," you know, on a block or a, yeah. a cap or something like that, but. To be knocked out, laid around, and wake up and not know where you at and not know what's going on, that's never happened. I can't even, that's, I wouldn't wish that upon nobody, man. That's, that's got to be scary. Yeah. That's yeah, got to yeah. be sick, scary. Now, I remember, um, was what, what year was it that you actually tried to um, take the league um, to court regarding this? What year was that? Yeah, that was about eight years ago. Was it eight years ago? Yeah. yeah seven or eight years ago? Yeah. No, uh -huh. I know you and I talked about this off air, but um, I look at your record and I look at the Hall of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame and I think, how the heck is an Arlan Bruce III not in the Hall of Fame? I mean, there's only, what is there, 14 or 15 other receivers that have accomplished what you have. Two Grey Cups, six all, eight All Stars. Is it eight? I'm not sure. Something like that, and uh, over ten thousand yards total receiving. Like, have, has well, anybody? My favorite thing is the touchdowns. You got to work hard to get a touchdown. It's hard to score a touchdown. People don't understand that. <laughs> it's hard to get in the end zone. I don't care what league you're in. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Has anybody ever talked to you about the um, Hall of Fame? Have they ever brought it up? You know what? I don't think anybody knows how to get in touch with me. Really? <laughs> I'm not on Facebook. I'm not really on social media because all my social media has been hacked. Oh. Instagram that I just started about three months ago. This slowly generating no he's on that because i'm not on any other social media but twitter and see i friended you on on facebook and you didn't friend me back and i was like well the jerk he didn't well, and, he, 
can't get the messages. I said, I got 30 messages. I can't even get in there and check it. I don't want to anyway, really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. It's good. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> If the conversation was uh, was brought up to you now that people know your own Instagram, they, the the someone can get in touch. Is it something you would consider going into the Hall of Fame? Actually, you know what? Uh, whether whether they induct me in ten years, five years, a month, I want to get back to this country. Yeah. I, I plan on having my family come visit this beautiful country, whether it's in. Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Hamilton, Montreal, all the cities I played and all the cities that I didn't play. Yeah. You know, uh, during the during the uh, Corona, COVID or whenever, the pandemic, I actually went to, what, five different stadiums? Just the two of them. I went to Hamilton Stadium. Nice. I went to Montreal Stadium. I went to Calgary Stadium. Went to BC Stadium. And drove and just was like, yeah, you know, this is, this is this is what brought me to Canada, these stadiums, this, this energy. Labor Day Classics in Saskatchewan. Oh. Banjo Bowls in Winnipeg. You know what I mean? Ticats uh, <laughs> Arcos. I mean, there's so many memories that I'll never forget. You know, these go back to, like, my high school days. People always talk about their high school days, but this trumps that to me. Nice. Because it was so fun. I could be myself and play football. And get back to the people. Even when I was in Hamilton, I used to go to the sick kids' hospitals. I used to enjoy doing that, you know, giving them a memorabilia or a football or a T-shirt. You know, those are the things I like doing because growing up, I used to work with mental challenged people and uh, mentally challenged people and Special Olympics. That was fun for me. That's awesome. And that's what I'm going to do now when I'm 50, 55 in this country. Very cool. Now, you told me a story. I don't know if we can go into it or not, but <clears throat> you got um, you got some, you got recognized somewhere and had you got to sign some autographs. Oh yeah! So I went to my uh, kids' elementary school, and uh, and these kids ran up to me like, "That's all the Bruce, That's all the Bruce, the football player." <laughs> and it was like it was about fifty kids. That is so cool. That's awesome. You know, the principal came up to me. She said, I'm so sorry. The word got out that you was coming to pick up your kid. And the parents said, did you know there's a football player there? And then, so the kids got out and they came with their sharpies. It was exciting. I loved it, man. It made my heart drop. Because I wasn't expecting that. So it made it even sweeter. Nice. They, they, they were asking my kids for their autographs. So my kids were <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool, man. And actually, I'm going to do a football camp for them once we get the day situated for about 300 kids. That is awesome. very cool. Yeah. Now, now, Arlen, one one last question I have, and this is actually a request of the uh, Brandon Ulrich who commented on Facebook. What is your where is your favorite place to eat anywhere in North America? What is your favorite place to eat, and what is your go to meal? <laughs> okay. When I was in Toronto, my favorite place to eat was in was Ruth Chris. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like a good steak a day before the game. That's what I used to do in uh in Toronto. I'd go to Ruth Chris right there in Mississauga and I stayed near Square One. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'd go to Ruth Chris and have a nice steak or I'd have lamb. And uh, you know, that helped me me for the game the next day. Nice. But my favorite, awesome. my favorite food to me is a lasagna. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> nice. We're going to Vancouver, Jake. We're gonna have lasagna <laughs> with Heartlanders. Yeah, three man lasagna. I can make it for you. <laughs> there yeah. you Ooh. go. Nice. Jake, we're yeah, in. We have we're, corn and green beans or corn, green beans and broccoli, whatever you choose. That's awesome. <laughs> now, any plans to get into coaching? You know what? Like I said, no one's reached out to me. I would love to get into coaching and share my knowledge of the game and, and share, you know, my experience to these younger kids. You know, sometimes I see these kids, they're like, 
I'm like, man, I'm 45 years old. They're like, man, I thought you were 22, 45. I said, yeah, man. I'm rehabilitated. I'm on a booster 33.0 right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, I uh, I would love to get into coaching, man. I don't know about like an offensive coordinator or nothing like that. Maybe maybe uh, a general manager position or a scouting position. Or a receiver's coach. People like kids. Oh, yeah. That's what you need to be doing out in BC somewhere. Well, I know, speaking from experience, I used to play, and we used to have, um, oh, what was his name? Uh, Pee Wee Smith come to practice every, he'd show up maybe once a season, twice a season, but it was the highlight of our of our entire year because he'd come out and just throw the ball around, talk with us, and literally just give us, hey, when you're running that route, pull your hip this way to open yourself up instead of doing that, whatever you're doing. Little things like that. It means a lot, especially to the... Uh, to the kids coming up to have someone come out and say, Hey, like again, Arlan Bruce, the third came to my practice. That'd be huge. Huge. Well, you know, when I was in Toronto, I used to go out to Rob Ford school with Don Bosco. He was a head coach for uh, a high school in Toronto. So I used to go out there, give him shoes, play catch with them, talk about football. You know, Rob Ford, right? The former mayor. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Out in Toronto. <laughs> I used to go out to their schools all the time. But I, I, I love going out to different schools. And that is cool. You know, somebody looking for somebody to come out in BC or Edmonton to come out to their schools and talk to the kids. I know they're about to get out of school. But I'm open, man. That's what I love to do. Well, then, people, if you know somebody who wants um, to have, if you know somebody involved in football out in the BC area, especially around the Vancouver Lower Mainland area, if you can't find, if you can't get a hold of our land, Get a hold of me, uh, and I can put you on to Arlan Bruce the third for sure. Mr. Bruce, I know you need to get going because you have a basketball game to play. <laughs> yeah, I do. Just to stay in shape. I'm not trying to go to the CEBL or the... <laughs> stay in shape. Just to stay on Arlan Bruce 3.0. You know, I, I, I've been through it a lot in the last six, seven years, so... I'm just thankful to be alive every day and be able to do something that I love and that's uh, stay in shape. That's cool. Great. Sir, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you, and let's keep in touch. Okay, Mr. Mr. Hughes, I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. We'll thank be you so much, Arlen. Okay, that was... The legend, the CFL legend that we were on for 45 minutes of unfiltered talking. And it, it was great. And again, appreciation out to Arlen for taking the time because you can tell he has a passion for talking about football and everything. Oh, did you hear it in his voice when he talked about it? He literally, yeah. like you could hear him getting emotional. You could hear the passion, the the excitement he had when he get, got when he was talking about the different times he played here or played there. I was kind of worried when um, we kind of brought up the concussion because I know that's a very tender, soft topic uh, for him, obviously. So I really appreciate him taking the time. And man, that was and, cool. And for the fans, like to get an insight of someone who literally had to stop playing due to concussions. Like it's he not said, like, he's not retired. He's not retired. Technically, has never retired because in. 2014, I guarantee you, if he didn't have those concussions, he would have still played. Oh, yeah. Just, right? Like, two years off of being a Grey Cup champion. Just so you know, guys, we did plan on having Arland um, via video uh, call, but unfortunately, technical issues happened, and so we kind of scrambled at the last minute, and hey, I hope everybody appreciated uh, his comments and enjoyed the insightful stories i love his stories his stories just uh it's they make me smile well and it's again it's little things that we as fans want to know yeah how did you how did you get involved with cfl oh warren moon yeah you know just warren moon <laughs> we're on a phone call you know <laughs> um i love it yeah it's wild and uh, again appreciate his time for coming on um What's the everyone because uh, before we get to the score in the hockey game, oh, uh, you can check out hughsports.ca. You can check out all sorts of articles, news. 
uh, updates coming there. There will be a new article posted by one of us this week. Um, notice that. Notice the awkward pause there. Uh, <laughs> we are, um, yeah, we're going to be expanding some articles, doing some more stuff, I think, on that side of things. So look out for that. It'll be good. Update in the Stanley Cup final. It is five minutes left in the second period. And there's four nothing for the Vegas. Oh, yuck, 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 yuck. It's not Anybody who started watching this from the very beginning and you saw the old man here ranting about, if they win a cup before the Canucks, I have no words. I was talking about the Golden Knights. Yep. And they are now, uh, I mean, they're still... Plenty of time to play, and we know the Panthers don't give up. No. They're about to take a 2-0 lead in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that's almost insurmountable. No, not even close. You don't think so? No. As someone as a fan, as a fan who's as a fan who's experienced it firsthand, <laughs> not even close. That's funny. Um staying on the topic of hockey. Staying on the topic of hockey. Um because we jumped on a bit early to make sure to iron out any wrinkles, I didn't have a chance to throw it in our lovely rundown and pass it by you to discuss it. But Gary <laughs> Bettman, matters. Gary Bettman announced the salary cap is only going up $1 million. Which is a hell of a lot of money to you or I. Yeah, but to an organization where you're already $660,000, $660,000, um, over the cap space. Let me say that again. $660,000 over the cap space. <laughs> That's him, And guys. you are in the draft lottery. <laughs> the only solution at this point, the only absolute solution is you have to buy out OEL, right? Yes. Now he did say like, yeah, it's, it's only a million for 20, what is it? 2023, 2024. Yep. But there could be a substantial bump in the 24-25 season. But they said that last year too. No, they didn't really say a substantial. Yeah, no. Go go back and read his comments Was from last year. There should be a substantial increase to 22-23 or yeah, 22-23. So this is like the old or, weatherman. Sorry, 23-24. This is like the old weatherman thing is uh <laughs> day 7 of these forecasts is always the best day. Yeah, of course. And it, it's a 2% <laughs> chance of actually happening. <laughs> now, now there are buyers <coughs> that you couldn't predict, like a lot of the regional sports networks that have private contracts with the NHL teams going under really hurt. Um, there's a bunch of them that committed uh, committed bankruptcy and or declared bankruptcy, and um, yeah, it's the same thing. They so there's. Things that are outside of the control of Gary Bettman and the NHL office, but it's still disappointing that there's not going to be any uh, increase to the cap. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. It, we need to see and wait and see what uh, Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford are doing. They did make a minor trade. I don't know if you saw with Boston. Literally, eight, two AHL players traded. No, I actually, I think it was future. Future considerations for uh, an NHL player, so nothing major, but... Oh, okay. Let's pivot back to football, seeing as we spent the first 45 minutes on it. Yeah. This it's week... Start, man. It's the start. This week is the official first week in uh, a mere three days, Thursday, the day we normally used to normally do this podcast. The yeah. reason we moved it to Monday. Yes. We're man. going to be sitting right now at McMahon Stadium watching... Vernon Adams Jr. hopefully lead the BC Lions to success against... Yes, we're going to be sitting at the 55-yard line. Five rows up from the Stampeders bench. Five? Yeah, five rows up from the Stampeders bench. Um, I love the first week, leading up to the first week of the CFL, because even the Elk fans are getting excited. Hell, I read a post today on one of my CFL Facebook groups, and somebody said, well, the last time the Riders won two pre-season, both their preseason games, they went to the, the Grey Cup. 
And I was like, oh my God, I love the beginning of CFL season. Even Ryder fans excited. And then, of course, you got the Smurf Mafia, the DS Beacon, 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 Beacon. Anybody who know, doesn't know, the Smurf Mafia has replaced the Ryder fan. And we might add, we have a couple really important Ryder fans watching tonight. We have uh, our my cousin, my nephew, your cousin, my, cousin. my nephew, your cousin, Mr. Dean Ozen, and his dad, Mr. Your, my, my um, uh, former brother-in-law. Former, I was trying to say how to figure out how to say that. My brother-in-law and your uncle, Uncle Keith. Who are the diehard Ryder fans? Uh, they they were they tuned in tonight. Uh, they came out for a visit this afternoon, and they tuned in tonight. Had to give them a shout out. Now there's a little bit of drama today coming out of the BC Lions. I was waiting uh, for you to world. bring this up. Um, I I, I didn't want to get in. I didn't want to get into it with. Holy I didn't want to get into it with um with Ireland. Ireland. Uh, because a, I didn't know if he knew what was going on, and b, put him on the spot is, is, is a bad he idea. He wouldn't know what's going on, but yeah, you're probably right. He he's got to stay somewhat Impar impartial, yeah. which is fair, right? So, um, Farhan Lulji ten hours ago tweeted out, "I'm told it was announced earlier, about an hour before that, that um, Jonathan Kongbo had been traded to Hamilton, and the return on that was the original pick." that we had traded to Hamilton for the Dane Evans trade. So basically we got Dane Evans for free, which is great. That, that As a management group, that looks uh, fantastic. Um, don't roll your eyes at me. Getting a getting a backup quarterback who knows how to run it. You know where I'm going to go with this. You know where I'm going to go with this. So I'm told Kongbo was not a fit in the room, and it was important for BC Lions to get back the chemistry they had before the trade. This deal eliminates what was going back to Ty Cats and the Dane Evans deal. Now, the big thing here, that's not the, the, the drama. That's, that's that's a normal everyday thing. Jonathan Kongbo, two hours later, quote tweets it and puts, not a fit because I called out star players for not showing up at practice and guys not wanting to work out. Culture matters. It's called pro football for a reason. And then... And then, let's, uh, let's open this up here now. Um... Thatcher, Keon. Uh, let's. I'm going through a bunch of these retweets right now. Oh. Um, I'm trying to trying to find them because I didn't have it up ready to go. Da, 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 da. It was. Uh, I've got it on because I sent it to you. Yeah, I want. I just want to get the wording right. Keon Hatcher. I said Thatcher. Keon Hatcher. Uh, he retweets it and says, "But you quit." Very pro of you, my boy. And then, and Brian, you, and you, you sure them feelings wasn't hurt because you wasn't in the rotation like that? There's a hidden, oh. there's a hidden story in behind this. Brian Burnham, I don't know if you oh. saw this one. I did. I sent we, that to you. No, I sent that one to you. Oh, just put out a a, a gif of of, <laughs> and if you know gifs at all, it's just a kid. Staring blankly and just blinking his eyes. So, two players who I would call star players on the BC Lions basically was like, "Yeah, you can talk like that." When do Hamilton and BC meet? I don't know. I was going to look that up. Um, Hell of a game now. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of, um, little bit of uh, animosity. Oh, just a tad. Just and if I'm, tad. and if I'm Hamilton, even if. Um, even if Kongbo isn't normally in your starting lineup, you put him in. <laughs> I put him in, and not just that. I'm blitzing him on the first play. Oh, gosh. I'm sending him full speed ahead at the at the quarterback. So we oh we play in tie cats play in BC on August 26. That's not so not till August. Yeah. So let's get that Twitter war. Keep that Twitter war going and uh, see what happens in August. So let's go back now. So let's refresh our memories. I wrote an article about how great it was that the BC Lions picked up Sean Lemon. Um, defensive end. One of the best in the league, in my opinion. And literally before Jake was able to post that article, within 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever it was, 
they cut him. Yep. And literally, like, I was watching his Twitter feed, and he's like, I'm having the best training camp I've ever had. And they cut him. And then they came out the news we got Kabongo. Kongbo. Kabongo. And I was like, oh. Okay, well, that's okay. That's not bad. A, Can- a Canadian defensive end. Cool. He's a Canadian. Who also played in the NFL or got a couple of sniffs in the NFL. Damn, yes. That's positive. Damn good player. Damn, damn good player. And then when I saw that today, it was like, what the actual beep? So now we don't have Lemon. We don't have this Kabongo. Kongo. And... and I don't even know. I like, what are they doing? What's going on in BC? Like, is there an issue in the locker room? Is it a coaching issue? Is I don't there, think it's a- there an issue and, or was this just blowing out of proportion? No, I think there, there could be a multitude of different answers to that. And I think it depends with how much back and forth there is. And the fact that uh, Kongbo decided to go and, and tweet at Farhan about, about this there's no such thing as only one side of the truth. There's always yeah. two sides of the truth. Now, there's usually three. There's usually the, his, his, and then the real truth. <laughs> and usually, if you listen to both sides of the story, it's somewhere in the middle. Yes. So was Kongbo upset he wasn't getting first-line minutes or first-line reps? Probably. Was yeah. he Was he mad that he felt that some, that some, and he didn't even say all, he just said some. Yep. Players showed up right out to on time for practice and wasn't the first guy in. And like Arlen said, he was there to set the bar, not yes. not just be there. Yes, but he set the bar. But and I love that you had to listen to what Arlen said. He said, "I did it without doing a lot of talking. No, I did it on the field and in the classroom and in the locker room by my actions." And maybe that's maybe that's the same sort of thing that Congo is looking at where. Other guys are like, well, no, like I'm a superstar. Like I'm a star. I'm, I've already gotten the starting position. I don't need to, I'm not a rookie. I don't need to be here at the crack of dawn. Yeah. yeah. And if that's the, if that's the way the, um, the Lions organization is okay with it, that's fine. Yes. They're allowed to run their organization however they want, but you're going to have problems bringing in talent like Kongbo like someone like Arlen Bruce, if that is the situation. And again, I'm just going off of, you hear both sides of the story, I'm finding a middle ground somewhere. Well, exactly, exactly. Well, where did he come from, uh, Kongbo? Um, he played, he was he was cut from an NFL roster. Let me pull it up here. Was he not in Winnipeg? Uh, he played in, uh, for the Blue Bombers in 2021. Okay, yeah. Then he was with the Broncos 2022 uh, on the practice squad and then on the regular squad. And um, so played one year at Winnipeg. Hmm. And there was, sorry, I want to go back because I saw this, but I didn't, I was looking for something else. Sorry, I'm just reading up. I'm uh, one of my go-to for any CFL. You guys, if you're a big CFL fan and you like to read, uh, Three Down Nation or their podcast, Three Down Nation podcast. Uh, probably Justin Dunk and John Hodge probably are the most respected in my work, in my life, or my view, um, reporters out there right now. Check them out, Three Down uh, Nation. Uh, incredible. They just put out an article about it here, and I'm just kind of briefing over it. And it's not really telling me more than what um, what we know from Twitter. They're just kind of rehashing what happened on Twitter. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be int- interesting what happens. But the Lions have, they're reporting here that the Lions have a deep group of Canadian defensive ends, uh, Canadian defensive ends. So that's big. Because so, they still got Archibald, Menard, and Betts. So if you're not going to fit in, there's the door, I guess. So, and also, this is the one I was looking for. Um, Milt Stiegel tweeted out when yeah. Farhan tweet like a couple of, So, during the whole drama of everything, um, I've been in locker rooms with many guys who were not a fit in the room. What allowed these players to continue playing? Talent. 
I'm not implying anything, just speaking on my on my experiences and dealing with players who were not a fit in the room. Yeah. So obviously he's saying there's talent there because someone still wants him to come to their team, but sometimes chemistry doesn't work. Yes, and exactly. And you know what? We don't know what happened. We're just no, reporting. And we probably will never know what exactly happened because the lines are the lines organization is going to be like, yeah, you know, it wasn't a fit. He's going to, he's going to say what he says and it, it's just going to go in a circle. So it's, it's getting late here. So we got the BC game on um, Thursday. Yes. Sorry, I'm bringing up the schedule here. If you have it up. We have the Lions and Stampeders Thursday, June 8th at 7 p.m. Then we have Friday, June 9th, the Tie Cats and the Blue Bombers. Let's no, yeah. you know what? Let's time up. No, 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 no. We're gonna rewind here. We're, let's do our predictions yes, on the air here I... as we're going through. So first game, Lions, Stampeders, June 8th, 7 p.m. Well, actually, yeah. Is that the first game? That's yeah, the it is. first game. Okay. Yep. So of course I'm picking BC over Calgary. Yep. BC, I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna it's always a close game with BC Calgary. Yep, I think um, Vernon Adams is going to be able to outrun and yes. not not um, north south but east west get around the 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 defensive line of Calgary. Yeah, they, and, def and, sorry, definitely, I agree. Yeah, um, then we have Tie Cats and Blue Bombers Friday, June 9th at six thirty. So we have a Thursday, Friday. I just realized this. We have a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday game this week. Let's I'm go. I'm so excited. <laughs> so Friday, we have the Tiger Cats versus the Blue Bombers. Now, this one's interesting. I took Winnipeg. Um, I didn't. I went with I'm the... Hamilton might be able to, like, because you know he's going to... When, when I say he, we know we're talking Bo Levi. Four um, down Bo. Huh? I Four down Bo. Yeah, four down bow. He's going to um, he's going to have a bit of a burr in a saddle, I'll say, and um, he might come out. And um, but I'm still taking Winnipeg on that one. You're taking? I'm taking the Tiger Cats. I taking think, the Tiger Cats. I think the Blue Bombers and there's no history of this because it's a brand new season. But the Bombers might come out slacking a little bit because it's oh, it's Hamilton. Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't. I'm thinking they're going to be ready because um, they're going to have business. Saturday but game. It's going to be a good game. It's definitely going to be a good game. One I, I'm looking forward to actually watching. Yes. Um, Saturday, we have the Red Blacks versus the Alouettes. I'm going to take Montreal. I don't remember who I chose on the CFL Pick'em, which I have tweeted out. So if you're listening to this and you want to join. Please do. Um, we're not putting anything on stake. We're just having fun seeing who can beat us, if anyone. Um, I think I chose the. I think I chose the the Alouettes. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Either way, this isn't a marquee game for a Saturday for me. If I was the league, I would have been more focused on putting the Lions Stampeders on the Saturday. Or Hamilton Winnipeg. Or Hamilton Winnipeg, because yeah, I agree. The Saturday night game is going to be hard this early to summer, especially when it's so nice out across the nation. Yeah. And Sunday, to wrap everything up, we got the Rough Riders and the Elks. Okay. I'm not excited that it's the Rough Riders and Elks, okay? That's not what I'm getting excited about. Who are you taking on this one? I took the Elks. Did you? I think, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to say this for the record, I think the Elks are going to finish in a playoff position this year. Interesting. Well, I took Saskatchewan, but... For the first time ever, I get to check off a bucket list item that I've always wanted to do. And, and that is me and Mr. Rod Peterson are going to go drive to Edmonton that day and take in the game. And I get to sit in the press box. Super cool. It, I, it sounds so silly. Here's a 58-year-old fat old guy and he's like i'm excited about going to a football game and i get to sit in the press box not, not just that but you're excited to go to edmonton <laughs> yeah exactly um i think this is the guaranteed win game too by the way for the elks if the elks don't win they're giving away season tickets no you get another ticket i think i forget yeah. how it works i think i think that's how it works i mean you might as well give away season tickets because you're not going to get you're not going to get a lot of fans look they did not have a great season last year or the year before. <laughs> or the year before. Or the year before. But that's why I'm thinking things can change. 
So have cycles. I am going to be taking some pictures. I am even going to try to get an interview, maybe. If you do, we'll air it here live, and then we'll be able to come back and talk about it. Yes. Yes, it might just be audio. It could be video, but I think it might just be audio. But we'll see. That's fine. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll have to see how it goes. Um, Play by ear. And... Yeah, I'm excited about it, though. I'm, pre I'm pretty happy that I get to do this. So thanks, so for everyone. So for everyone who wants to keep up to date with what's going on, if, if he gets an interview or not, you can find us at HSP underscore pod on Twitter, HSP yes. underscore pod on Facebook. You can follow the old man at KevHugh64 on Twitter. You can follow yes. me at JStreams on Twitter. And one of those places will definitely have updates about what's I going on. I go live on, um, I wouldn't be able to do it on Twitter, but I might be able to do it on um, Facebook when I'm there. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Guys, this has been one of my favorite episodes so far. Um, to have such a, um, again, a living freaking legend of Arlan Bruce the Third to come come on our show, and again, like it, it was very glossed over. I asked him, I asked him point blank, if you get a call from the Hall of Fame, would you consider it? And he said, I really don't care. He cares more about giving back to the communities that gave him the opportunity to play football professionally. That's the type of man he is. But. I can guarantee you he would jump on that Hall of Fame. Nobody of says he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, That's why I asked the question point blankly. <laughs> reach out to him. He's on Instagram, guys. Uh, let's yes. um, let's boost our land. Let him know how much he's loved. And especially if you're from Vancouver and you remember the 2011 where he helped win us a Grey Cup, reach out to him. Send him a message. Tweet him, or no, he's not on Twitter. You can always uh, comment on our page, and I'll make sure he gets it as well. And Jake, again, great. Wait, before be, before you throw, you, you need to hold it up here. What what second? God, I know you've been trying to leave for like ten minutes. It's fine. Um, it's my show, and I'm going to end it when I want to end it. So, if you're in the Lower Mainland area, Vancouver. And you're associated with football in any shape, way, or form, reach out to us. I would mm -hmm. love to get Arland back into the fold in football. Again, even if it's just going out and saying hey to the kids. Yes. Um, having Pee Wee Smith come out to games or come out to practices just to hang out and teach us. Uh, we used to always play it with him. Uh, grip challenge. Yeah. You grab the ball. You grab the ball on either end. Hold it. There's no one ever beat him. <laughs> you but everyone get had to try. No, you, he, he would engulf the ball. You, 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 no chance. But Pee-wee's a, it was a, a kind of an oxymoron. Yeah, the guy was giant. <laughs> guy was giant. But that is us for this episode of the Hugh Sports Podcast. We are a presentation of Inside the Rink. Do check us out on HughSports.ca as well. Lots of articles, lots of news. Thank you so much, and we will see you here next week. 